Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're so excited to have you here today. And what we're going to be talking about on this very special Valentine's Day episode is what is love anyways? Now, I think this is something that people get confused a lot about what it actually is. And the problem with not really understanding what love is can cause you to have unhealthy expectations for what you should receive through love. So I think a lot of people, what they really end up boiling it down to is love is a feeling or a physiological sensation that you get when you're around somebody that you care about deeply. Now, the problem with that type of a view is that that type of love is fleeting. It comes and goes. It's on a whim. It's not very easy to keep that physiological, emotional feeling going. But if you really want to have a lasting relationship, I'm going to read to you a verse that I'm sure even if you're not religious, you have heard this verse because it is read at weddings all the time. Now, in Ruth and I's point of view, love is more of actions and choices that you make in your relationship. You have these loving behaviors, and that's really what constitutes love, not the emotional or physiological sensations you get when you're around somebody that you care about. So I'm going to read you some verses from 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to start at verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. So with anything that we do and the tools that we share with you, we want to make sure that you're looking at it from a point of view of how can I be this? Not what should my partner be doing for me. Now, it's okay if you're looking for a partner who does it. But realistically, when you're listening to these episodes, it should be more self-focused about what am I doing? And so as you listen to that verse or as you listen to this podcast, we really want you to exhibit these characteristics and be the one that is showing this love. And one of the big things is that, like Tim said, it's behaviors and things that we're choosing. And it's not just when we feel like it. It's behaving this way and showing love intentionally. And it takes forethought and planning. And I think even perseverance. There are going to be times where you don't feel like doing the actions of love, but then there are going to be even times where it's worse, where you actively don't want to do them. Not just like, oh, I kind of don't feel like it, but it's like, no, I'm kind of annoyed at my partner right now. I don't want to do it at all. But those are the times when it's absolutely very important to push through those uncomfortable feelings and do these loving actions so that you can move past that difficult moment. If you just ignore the fact that you feel that way for a while, and then think like, oh, then we're going to get back on track after we ignore each other for a while. You may end up kind of getting back on track, but you never came to a resolution with that difficult event. And so that negative thing is going to kind of linger. And just like the verse says a little bit later where it says love is not resentful, right? Then you'll start building up that resentment and it makes it very hard to love somebody that you resent. Marriage is not always easy. It's hard work for sure. And so when things are going good, it is easy to love. But what makes a lasting marriage is that in those times when, like Tim said, it's not easy to love and the other person is being frustrating or you don't feel it at the time. It's in those moments where you get to choose, is this going to be a lasting marriage? Am I going to continue through this hard time? Because a lot of times that's when people walk away. People don't walk away when things are good and happy. 
They walk away when it's hard. And Tim and I were actually just discussing this the other day where we had a really hard conversation that I really appreciate that we sit there together and we really work through these hard conversations. And there are tears, there are lots of tears, but I'm so thankful to have a partner who will have those hard conversations and will work it out through the end and talk through it all the way to completion. Because we were talking about, like we talked about in the past with the stonewalling, that it's so easy at that point that we were at, where there are periods where no one was talking, but we still stayed there and we sat through it and we worked through it. And that's the moment where a lot of people will walk away or stonewall and for days not talk to each other. And so that just kind of begins a snowball effect where you're mad at each other and that resentment builds and then you come back together, but it's never really resolved. So I am so thankful for Tim and we we're just talking about how important that is in a relationship. And I think that's where the first verse comes in here, where it's talking about love is patient, right? Being patient through those difficult interactions is very hard, right? And she brought up stonewalling, which was in my mind already, because I was thinking, I was like, yeah, when we were having this difficult conversation, the desire to stonewall and just shut down was present. But I had to fight myself against that and say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to allow myself to just disengage from this conversation. It was unpleasant and not fun. And we had a lot of back and forth in this conversation. But then sticking through it gives you that actual resolution where, okay, now this is over. Even though that was uncomfortable and tumultuous, we are patient when we're working through that. And we were trying to be as patient as we could with each other as we were discussing this difficult topic that we weren't really seeing eye to eye on. And I think that's what makes all the difference in the world for people when they're trying to get through to their partners having that patience. Because if you're not patient and you get irritable and then referring back to the rules for fighting fair episode, you start being nasty or kind of hitting below the belt or name calling or yelling. When you start doing any of these kinds of things because you've lost that patience, basically that conversation is going to go nowhere. You spent all this time and effort and now you're not going to get any payoff or any positive result from that. And so what it takes most of the time is this patience and this understanding. We need to talk through this and we need to come to a resolution because through that resolution, we can actually increase the feelings of love with our partner and the feelings of trust. But a lot of times it takes that difficult moment. And a lot of people are very averse to conflict. And I understand that. But just because you're averse doesn't mean that that's a reason not to press through that conflict and a reason not to try to seek resolution. It can make you anxious. It can make you uncomfortable. It can make you angry. But like we were saying earlier, when you don't come to a resolution on these things and the same problem comes up over and over again, that leads to that resentment. And then that resentment causes the relationship to really start spiraling out of control. Having patience through these conflicts is of utmost importance. And I think that's probably why it's one of the first things listed here on what love is. Yeah, and it says love is patient and kind. And so in these arguments like Tim is talking about, a piece of it isn't only being patient, but being kind too and watching what you're saying. And kindness can show up in so many different ways. It can show up by being quiet and allowing the other person to speak fully and hearing them out. Kindness can be in validating what they're saying and showing them that you understand. It could also be controlling your face so that you're not rolling your eyes or scowling at your partner. Yeah, so kindness can be in what you're not doing too, right? So you're not giving these spaces. You're not saying unkind things. You're not yelling. So by withholding from all these desires to yell and scream and say mean things to your partner, that's being kind. 
But like we just talked about, kindness is also sitting there and being present with your spouse when you want to stonewall and when you want to walk away. It's easier to just go and do whatever you want to do and leave this conversation that's so hard at the moment. And kindness is also speaking gently and not harshly. And those are just some small ways of being kind, right? In the way we are speaking to each other, in the way our body language is. And that's just in an argument. But in everyday life, look for opportunities to be kind to the other person. Look for ways to love that person in the ways that will meet their needs. That's being kind. And so for the last two, we talked about patience and kindness. And those are things that love does. Now, these next multiple are going to be things that love doesn't do. And the first one is love doesn't envy. A lot of times in your relationships, you will have different positions. This is a common one people come to when they're married with kids. And maybe you have one parent who's staying at home and one parent who's going to work. The parent who stays at home is like, I don't ever get a break from the kids. You get to go to work and just leave all the house problems and that you don't have any cares. But then the other person could be like, what are you talking about? I would love to stay home. I hate my boss. My boss is a jerk and I have to spend all this time at work and that's awful. You get to stay home all day. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And it's so hard for me having to go to work, right? And that's coming from a place of envy for the other person's position as opposed to recognizing you're both playing an integral and beneficial role and each role has some ups and some downs with it. Because believe me, I understand, right? Sometimes it is easier to get out of the house when you have kids and it can be easier to go to work, but sometimes you might be exhausted from work and you want to come home and you're just like, gosh, I'm so tired of my job. I just wish I could stay home. That'd be so nice. And so there's nice things both ways and there's difficult things both ways, but then coming to the conclusion and saying like, Hey, listen, there are both benefits and drawbacks and I'm not going to envy what my partner's position is because that envy will also lead back to that resentment. All these negative things or lack of these positive things ultimately ends up leading down that resentment road, which is a major death knell for relationships when that resentment isn't dealt with. And I think part of that is being able to celebrate the other person, right? So if somebody accomplishes something, you want to be able to celebrate with them and applaud them for their accomplishments rather than feeling envious or feeling like, I don't ever get noticed for my accomplishments. I work so hard around the house, right? And this is something that we try to teach our kids. We have this plate that I got a couple years back and I thought, you know, it would maybe last a couple months, but we've used it for several years now. And still every night the kids ask, who gets the Jesus plate? Because on the plate it says, I saw Jesus in you today. And so early on when we set that up, we told them that we're celebrating when we see kind of that extra effort or we see people who are doing, they call it Jesus plate material, right? So throughout the day, if If someone does something extra nice for someone else, the kids will say to each other, oh, Jesus plate material, and they'll kind of point it out. And that's a way that our family has kind of celebrated the accomplishments or the efforts of trying to be more and more Christ-like. But when we set it up, we told them that whoever gets the Jesus plate, it doesn't mean that the other kids haven't done well or haven't shown characteristics that are loving or like Jesus. It's just that we want to acknowledge this specific child for going above and beyond and being especially like Jesus today. And so as we set that up, we want them to be able to celebrate each other. We want to be able to see and acknowledge without feeling less than like, oh, because they're acknowledging this person, then it means that they don't see what I've done. We don't want them to have that outlook. We want them to be able to see others' accomplishments and celebrate with them and celebrate alongside them. Now, the next part about boasting, 
I think a lot of times we see this in marriages and relationships, but when people are doing it, I don't know that everybody would categorize this as boasting, but this is really what it is. And it comes down to this almost like kind of prideful, look what I've done for the family. Look how important I am. Look how much I have done. I take care of the whole house. I do everything for the kids. I make all the money. And basically what that's coming from, a lot of times people are using that boasting position because they're basically trying to demand from their partner something. And they're trying to prove you owe me this because of what I've done. But again, we're in a partnership with our spouse and we're working together for the mutual good. And so it shouldn't be a boastful thing. It's like, hey, I'm playing an integral part, but you shouldn't be boasting about it or rubbing it into somebody's face about the things that you've done. Now, I do think a lot of this also comes from people when they're maybe they're not getting enough recognition for what they're doing from their spouse. But believe me, if you want to get more recognition from your spouse, this is not the way to do it. You're actually going to do the exact opposite. You're going to cause them to desire to acknowledge your accomplishments even less because you were just using your accomplishments as a weapon against them. And so then they're not going to want to praise you for things because then they're going to be fearful that you're going to use that as a weapon against them later. And when people do this again, it's stemming from that feeling of resentment that they have. I haven't been getting enough recognition. Maybe they're trying to talk to their spouse and their spouse won't listen to them. So then they try to bolster their argument why their spouse should listen to them by boasting about their accomplishments and how they contribute to the family. But again, believe me, that is going to do you no good if you're the boastful partner. And if you're the other partner who is being kind of boasted at, try to recognize it for what it is where it's probably they're having some deficit where they feel like you're not appreciating them. And that can be very hard when they're attacking you to then look at the other side and say, well, why are they doing this? What's the underlying cause that's causing them to be boastful about their behaviors? Right. There's that need unmet where you can step in and you can either get mad and be defensive and say all the things that you do, or you can agree with them and validate and say, you know what? You're right. You do provide well for our family. You do come home and you spend time with the kids. And that's really looking past what they've been saying and meeting that need that's underlying all of that, which kind of goes into the next one, which is it's not arrogant or rude. That boastfulness comes across as arrogance, right? You're saying all the things that you've done and the role that you play in the family. And so I think it really is tied together. And love is not rude. This is a really important piece because if you want to make your home a place where people want to be and that your husband wants to come home to or your wife wants to come home to, being rude to each other is not going to make it a safe place, a safe haven for you or for your family. And so part of this shows up as that sarcasm that we've talked about so many times in the past where there's no place for sarcasm in your marriage. So as you're talking to each other, making sure that you're watching your tone, making sure that you're not being passive aggressive or sarcastic in your answers, Making sure that if you're reaching for a cup, you're not pushing your spouse out of the way. It's making sure that when they're talking, you're not interrupting them and being rude in that way. And all of this really takes being intentional, right? If your spouse is talking, even though you want to insert your opinion, it's intentionally being patient and waiting and knowing that what they have to say is valuable. And I want to hear it. And I want to love them by listening patiently and showing interest and not being on my phone while they're talking and just kind of listening from the side, but putting your phone down and looking up at them, looking them in the eye and giving them your full attention. All right, guys, we're actually going to stop right there and we're going to break this into two parts. So please join us in the next episode where we continue with part two of what is love anyways. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.